Hi, this is Sev, Katie, and Michael. And we're the Accidentals. And you're listening to the FSF Popcast. The show where we're happy to be trolls and only talk about that state to the south when we have to. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewmen numbers 110, 111, and 112. They'll know that when they put on the Red Shirt and join the Youpers and the Trolls in their quest through the State Flowers, that they didn't leave their family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund have their back and what's left of their Superman ice cream. So our guests today are one of the best things to come out of Michigan in recent years. Uh, in fact, they hail from the Traverse City area, not only one of my favorite towns in Michigan, um, but one that I have a personal attachment to. And they're one of the most emotionally compelling songwriters of our time, according to NPR, and I would tend to agree with that. Performing up to 270 shows each year, we're surprised they still have fingers left on each of their <laughs> hands. That's a lot of picking and strumming. We are, though... Very pleased and proud to welcome the band, The Accidentals, to the FSF Popcast. Welcome to the show, guys. Oh, thank you so much. We're happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, very excited. So I have to be honest, I've only become known to your music or was shown your music or however we should say that. So it sounds like I've, I have more than a fifth grade education uh, inside of the last month. Hey, public schools. Yay, go go Nuevo <laughs> High School. All right. So, but your most recent album, Reimagined, is where I kind of picked up on you guys. Uh, now, Kathleen's husband, John, who's also our editor, shared a song with me and said I should listen to it. And if I liked it, that we should have these guys on the show. All right, so that song was Michigan and again. And that song went instantly on repeat. It got put on several different playlists. And and then he showed me the Reimagined album. Uh, you recorded that, of course, with the Kaboom Collective. Uh, that's an orchestra, a studio orchestra. And they just didn't release it, but you went on tour with them, from what I understand, to help support the album. Now, first of all, just coming into your music and finding your music through Michigan and again, which is a phenomenal song. And I've tweeted at our, our state governor that that needs to be the official state song because it isn't <laughs> that freaking good. I'm curious though, how did this album come about? And then what were the, like the logistics of going from a three piece band and sometimes four to like a 35, 36 member band where you're trying to get everybody to play, you know, the right way and do the right thing and how does that all work out <laughs> well uh so kate and i got our start in high school orchestra that's where we met uh we actually met playing in a group called the alternative styles for strings club which would get together after school and buy arrangements of led zeppelin songs online and Coldplay songs mgmt and we would cover those songs in a quartet fashion uh from there kate and i really bonded over like similar bands and um we both volunteered we're the only volunteers to take on this like after school gig together so to represent the alternative styles group so we got together and instead of doing any of the rehearsal stuff we just really bonded over the white stripes and arcade fire and just started you know playing around some songs and uh then we were like let's form a band so we have deep roots in orchestra uh we came up in it all the way through like fifth grade to high school yeah yeah i met um 
Liza Grossman actually through like a, a summer camp music program when I was like 12 years old. And she is the conductor and on the board for Kaboom Collective. So it all kind of comes together. All those roots are kind of showing uh, full branches with this collaboration, uh, which you're right. It is a complex, um, complex thing. Um, and this is one of the craziest tours of our entire lives, even outside of bringing 30 students on the road with us. But um Basically, they did all the arrangements. Uh, usually we do arrangements and we'll come into high schools and do workshops. And we have like a couple arrangements that Kate and I have done in the past. But these guys have a composition team as well as a video game animation department. And they have a recording studio orchestra and they do all kinds of projects. This album and this tour, just one project of their whole arsenal of things that they do. So we were actually really honored. Um, and it was kind of like a cool thing for us just to hear a totally different take on these songs that didn't come from us. So then we did the album together, uh, which involved us recording like basic tracks, flying them over to them. They recorded um, and did a lot of takes and then they sent it to me and I engineered um, basically cleaning everything up and putting it all together um, and then sent it off to mixing engineer and mastering. And then boom, we had an album and uh, that was a crazy process. We'd never, none of us had ever really like gotten into the nitty-gritty of that before uh, especially when you have 30 extra instruments on every track um, and horns don't know how they work don't know don't understand it but um it's like it cool to find out. yeah something yeah. That, spit oxygen i don't know uh crazy um but you know we learned a lot and it was really amazing and going on the road with them was its own crazy thing i'm sure we'll get into it but uh but they were awesome i mean there's every single kid who gets into this thing auditions to get in uh they're ages 15 to 25 years old and the audition process is brutal like i don't know if i i've been playing violin for like what 12 15 years now and I, i'd have to practice uh to get into this collective so these these guys know what they're doing they know what they're talking about they are the musicians musicians and they're nerds and we love them so it was a good time i i do want to say though that the thing i liked most about the reimagined album is the the fact that the orchestra adds a, a depth to your music it's just it, it complements it so nicely uh, in and out of the changes between what you guys had already done and the, the things that I had heard off your, your regularly produced studio albums. And then a couple of these songs uh, like Mangrove and the way that that the, the orchestra highlights that music and, you know, not to compare apples to oranges here, but uh, you know, I even think about it in the way that with Metallica's albums and the way that they did their S and M albums and the way that, that the orchestra really, adds a, a certain punch and power to certain songs and a softness and a sweetness to other songs that are necessary. And I, and I think it did the same thing for the reimagined album. So you're saying we need to do a collaborative tour with Metallica. Yes. I'd be down. Okay. <laughs> that would be amazing. I have, I have no way, I have no way to make that happen, but yes. <laughs> no, those are kind words really. Yeah, Thank you. We had a conversation like at the beginning of the process, making the album with the Kaboom Collective, we like had a phone call with Liza, um, who we mentioned, she's like the conductor and the co-founder. And I remember like, you know, cause a lot of the times, you know, sometimes like youth orchestras get the short end of the stick with a pops concert where it's like, oh, they just play like boring long notes behind the song. You know what I mean? And so we were like, hey, we are, we're giving you some weird songs. Like a couple of the songs on our record, like they're kind of like super weird meter changes and like, I'll beat like one's a funk tune one's like a weird medieval like pop tune and so we just told him hey it's all about the orchestra do as much weird stuff as you want tell the student team like 
go wild with this. So there are like hand claps and like mm-hmm. weird stick mm-hmm. things that people are doing using in the pieces. Like they're really creative, cool arrangements. Yeah. They're fun to play. That's that was important to us is that they're like really fun. Yeah, and having all the arrangements come from the people within the collective too was really cool, especially once we got out on tour and we got to meet a couple of the people that had done some of the arrangements. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to meet the the person who did the arrangements for, um, what was it, Us and Crow's Feet, yeah. I think, at our first Noah rehearsal. Horowitz. Yeah, Noah Horowitz. Noah Horowitz. Yeah. And, you know, he was just so stoked to hear it in its full form after the fact. Um, one of the other people that uh, did an arrangement, um, their name uh, is Aiden, and uh, they were actually able to join us on uh, the last couple of shows uh, in the run. So, um, yeah, it was really cool to to have the people that, uh, ended up doing a lot of the arrangement also kind of being there for some of the process and getting to ask them questions about how they kind of came up with what they came up with. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. So for you guys, what was the impact of hearing your music? You know, that I know that it was arranged. Some of these were arrangements, uh, brought in by the collective and things like that. How was it for you to see how other people envision your music? Oh my gosh, it was emotionally devastating in a good way. Uh, like, <laughs> no, like, uh, so there's a song we have called Crow's Feet that um, mm-hmm. took on a totally different meaning. I wrote it like a long time ago, but, um, you know, we've had lots of ups and downs since then. And it's almost like the song kind of manifested in, a, you know, a lot of different ways. It took on a totally different meaning as time went on. And so it became that much more emotional. And then on top of it, Noah Horowitz created this absolutely breathtaking beautiful arrangement to that song that i literally can't like the first time we rehearsed with them was the first time i'd ever heard it i had no sheet music ahead of time i had no way of knowing what was gonna happen i just walked in and like okay let's play through crosby and by the time we hit the second verse i was like bawling and couldn't even like get through the rest of the words to the end of the song and then liza was like okay let's take it from the top and i'm like hang on i need to go to therapy <laughs> like, that was so, it's so good it was so so good and even the, like even playing the concerts like, i was still just like oh my gosh this is so like it just perfectly captured the meaning when you know we've been singing these songs for like 10 years and you know thousands and thousands of times it's not that like it loses meaning to you it's just eventually like it starts to become like almost grunting noises because it's like that you're just trying to remember the words or you're focused on something else so for somebody else to come in with fresh ears and remind you why you do what you do and what it's all about um it's huge so a lot of these songs like you know we hadn't touched in a long time uh like us um or mangrove even and they just took on a totally different life. We started playing them at shows again, and we still kind of hear the echoes of that impact in the background as we play. It's really cool. amazing. Every musician should get the chance to do this. Obviously, it's it's a huge privilege and an honor, but I think it should be that accessible. That's super mm. cool. Excellent. So you, you've talked about having some ups and downs as a band, and included in that is having your entire trailer full of equipment stolen while you were on tour, which is insane that was a that was a horrible ordeal that was awful for you guys and it would be really really easy for anybody to let them to let that get you down to be like you know what i'm done this is too much so what has continued to motivate and inspire you to write and record and perform live even when the universe and everything seems to be lining up against you i mean like when we talk about that incident 
we don't typically say like, oh, that was like the worst time of our lives because of the response that came out of it immediately. We didn't have time to focus on how bad it was. We only had this outpouring of like people checking pawn shops to see if the equipment had shown up there, people sending gas cards in the mail, people sending food, uh, people sending, like I had a Star Wars blanket in my pedal board that had been stolen. And I had like three people send me Star Wars blankets in the mail when they heard about That's that. Cool. And like, you know, that kind of outpouring is how we continue to keep moving because that doesn't just happen with you know, the bad things that happen. And it also comes from just spontaneous acts of kindness, which we see a lot of that um, out on the road. A lot of people who have never met us before will like put us up at their house or, um, you know, like give us something completely out of just the kindness of their hearts. Like even last week in Hastings, uh, a guy came up to us after the show and gave me his great grandmother's violin because he didn't have a use for it. And he thought like I could put it to use. And I double checked with him like eight times before I took it. But like, (laughs) you know, like that kind of thing is just, um, it just takes your breath away. And that's, that's what keeps us going, I would say, and keeps us inspired to, you know, keep writing about it. It's important to capture moments like that. And I remember the show that we played the night after our trailer got stolen too, was at the (laughs) Musical Instrument Museum in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, ironically. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they had a bunch of equipment for us. I was like, you know, my drum set got stolen. They were like, we have a drum kit here you can use. And we were kind of like, you know what? No, we're going to use what was left in the back of the van. and all I had was a snare drum. So I think I put that around my neck. I might have had a kick drum or something. We used like too. a strap case to like hook it around your neck. Yeah. Yeah. And we just like made the show happen in like kind of an odd. <laughs> we like, have one microphone left way. too. I remember we have yeah. one microphone that was sitting in the back of the car at the time. And we added the instruments because we brought them in that night because it was going to get below 50. Now we bring them in every night, no matter what. Um, I sleep with my symbols now. Yeah. It's like, you know, protocol. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, but, Michael's right. But like that show was just like, you know, we pulled it off and we made it happen. And we were all just kind of like, we can still do this. You know, like at the end of the day, the three of us are here. No nobody's hurt you know everybody's okay and like we can still make music uh with what we have and i think that being able to play that show too like right after that happened really just like you know cemented us in being able to be like no we can get through this and like keep doing this i remember being amazed by the the fellow fan group like you said the people sending you gas cards and star wars blankets and just realizing how much love your fans have for you was from a fan perspective. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is, that is the best. I would be in tears. Like that is the the way they rallied around you guys was amazing. It continues to blow us away. Honestly. (laughs) I mean, yeah, the whole point of what we do, I guess, like writing and putting that out into the world is like our way of trying to make friends. (laughs) (laughs) the easiest introverts fast track to friendship because you're just putting everything out there and song rather than having to say it out loud and so it's like a like a way of breaking down walls and um it just means a lot that it's impacted with with people in a way where they feel like they want to give back so yeah it's really cool yeah i know michigan and again was stuck in my head like to where i was actually dreaming about it and it was It legitimately oh, no, does that. that. It, just, yeah. it just replays. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's stuck in my head. But it was a good song to have stuck in my head. Appreciate but it. In addition to Reimagined, 
the album that you just released with the orchestra, you also released an EP and full album, Vessel, over the course of 2021 and, and another EP earlier in 2022. How were the writing and recording processes for the album and the timeout EPs different compared to earlier releases? Mm, Vessel Very. Was... Vessel was a long-term project, <laughs> um, which kicked off a lot of things we learned that we implemented for like this separate uh, side project that we have called Time Out, which is um, focused on like co-writing with uh, musicians who inspired us to be writers. And Vessel, I was just talking to someone about this earlier today, was like an album that kind of started in 2015. And I was telling them, they were like, I love that song Vessel. And I was like, like a lot of people don't know, like that title track song was written in 2015. And like, at that point we were getting in and out of a production deal. Then we got in and out of the label deal. Then we had uh, like the van and trailer, like everything break down and get stolen. And then we had a pandemic and then finally we finished the album and put it out. And don't so, forget our van got totaled right before that too. We had the van get totaled. We had lots of other accidents in between, um, but Vessel, uh was an album that we started recording with like our bucket list producers right so we did like two or three songs with um john congleton in la who's done work for like um saint vincent and, and a bunch of artists who we look up to and then tucker martin who does like the decemberists he recorded some songs for us in portland so we had the album set up and then like lockdown happened and so suddenly we found ourselves in michigan in Sav's attic, we all moved in. We, me and Michael were like, hey, we're going to camp out here for the pandemic, um, not knowing how long it was going to be. <laughs> and um, yeah, we, we kind of like unpacked the van and realized, you know, like one of the things we're really grateful for is that we have a lot of gear sponsorships. So we have like a trailer with um, a full package of like shore microphones. We have like Takamini guitars and violins and cellos and, you know, a whole set of like yeah fender amps and all sorts of stuff and we realized like you know hey we kind of think we could give this a go like let's just record it ourselves but there were some things we didn't have like baffling and you know dedicated sound testing <laughs> and like all that stuff so what we ended up doing was uh taking like unsold cd boxes and building them into partition walls and like we, i think we lifted up a bed frame and then put the mattress in front of like michael's drum corner to like catch some of those frequencies and we would thumbtack blankets to the ceiling and bed sheets i mean we figured this thing out we would clap in the room to test like you know any like nice bounce bed it was it was wild uh so that's how we recorded vessel like the rest of vessel was just by trial and error and you know we engineered it ourselves the three of us all took turns yeah it was a wild time and it took eight months of just every day like throwing ourselves at the rest of the songs i think we uh we recorded some songs like six or seven times over before we found the right tempo or the right key or this and that especially fractals Yes, fractals is what I was thinking of. Um, but like, that's the thing is like, usually we would only go in and have like three days with this engineer and we're just going to cut it, you know, and then live with it. Uh, so to have time to sit with the music and really intentionally, you know, do our own takes uh, or comp our own vocals, I truly think those helped us grow as musicians, like more than like almost anything that I can think of. Like that was so huge because you can't be a perfectionist because you're going to kill yourself trying, but you can like 
you know, you can't be so bad that you can't live with that forever. So you have to find the balance of, between everything. There's so many balances to try and find in that process. So that's how we recorded the last three projects, Time Out 1, Time Out 2, and Vessel. Uh, the Time Out projects are like co-write albums that we do with uh, people who inspired us to write songs like Tom Paxton, Dar Williams, Kim Ritchie. So that's like a totally different vibe. Uh, but, you know, Vessel is like our indie rock LP foray, kind of exactly how we envisioned it, like down to the album artwork and everything. That was that was our record. Very cool. So as has been mentioned before, you guys are, are originally from the Michigan Mitten State smitten with the mitten all those other cool sayings which is great because all three of us are michiganders where i live on the west side over by lake michigan nick is unfortunately landlocked and kathleen's over by lake huron and uh but i'm originally from hastings yes oh nice the, yeah we were yeah. just there yeah the, when, the city of no internet yes right when you guys had um, internet issue i'm like oh i'm so sorry yeah i almost called my sister with hey so there's a band that i might need to have borrow your internet <laughs> but she wasn't home. Oh. She wasn't home. She couldn't have stood on top of her house with her tinfoil antenna. Right. So, um, so having family in Traverse City, friends in Traverse City, this is all kind of cool that that's kind of where you guys originated from and all those things. Uh, and as Michiganders, we understand that there's really only two seasons. There's winter and road construction. Yes. And But at the same time, as we understand that, we also understand that Michigan has a long and proud musical history. There's Motown, there's, you know, all the rock groups that have come out of Detroit and, and some of the other cities and are continuing on through today with artists such as yourselves. So, but, you know, each one of those has an origin story. And so we would like to talk to you a little bit about your origin story. How did you guys get together? You mentioned it a little bit ago, some of it, but what really got you involved in music and brought you together as a band? Yeah, I think, um, you go first. Like, Sav and I both found different ways to get into music none of like probably none of us maybe michael knew that one day he'd end up in a in a rock band <laughs> we would not have guessed that um it was like hugely part of like the traverse city um gigging and local music scene and the public schools and also a big shout out to like the local festival scene because that's where we met michael michael you want to talk yeah. about popping in yeah, so there's a, a festival up in the Harbor Springs Cross Village area of mm -hmm. uh, the Mitten, just below the uh, the Upper Peninsula, called Bliss Fest. Mm -hmm. And um, I was attending back, I think, in like 2013, and Sam and Katie had just put out their album Bittersweet, and they were touring it. Um, and I caught them at Bliss Fest, and that's where I met them for the first time, and we talked incredibly awkwardly for, like, two minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but then, like, we just kind of became friends over the internet, and I was going to school for audio stuff, and um, the next summer, they were like, hey, do you know any drummers? We're looking for a drummer. And I was like, I'm a drummer. They're like, we thought you played guitar. And I'm like, I do. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, but I played drums first. It's like my, it's like my main thing. So they were like, well, do you want to come up for a month and you know, see if you want to play some shows with us and get that under your belt. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I went up there and, and played shows with them for about a month. And at the end of that month, they were like, well, uh, do you want to drop out of school 
and come be on the road full time. And I was like, yes. And, you know, in, in my brain, I was like, you know what? We'll give it like a year, you know, we'll see what happens. Classic and like, gap year. Yeah. And then, yeah, classic gap year that turned into um, eight years later now. Um, <laughs> so still still in my gap year, really. Um, I mean, Sav's about to go back to school, so not completely. I unsure. started yesterday. <laughs> or you yeah. started yesterday. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's uh yeah we each had like i would say we all had exposures to music before even that you know like i grew up in a very music friendly household my parents were both musicians when they met in nashville and that's where i was born and then i lived in michigan for like 20 years and now we're back in nashville but um but i got my start like on violin specifically because i wanted to play shows with my my parents i wanted to like <laughs> be in a band with them and like you know that's how that's how it all got started. And then because of that local festival scene, like Kate's talking about, I was introduced to all these fiddle players. So they would sit me down and teach me like different fiddle tunes. And then there's an open jazz jam that happened in Traverse City at Workshop Brew. I went over there a lot as well. And those cats were really great at just, you know, bringing me under the fold and like letting me know that music was accessible for me. But, you know, we also had like a pretty life changing thing when the Moxie Strings came to our high school and did a workshop on like how to basically do commercial strings. Uh, and they had an electric violin and an electric cello, and they were doing all this cool stuff with pedals. And we were just like, we want to do that. So that's really like our band origin story. But I know Kate has like, you know, a pretty saturated musical history as well. You know, saturated music history. We both have dads <laughs> who were piano players and moms who were vocalists. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think all of us came from like eclectic music listening to, you know, like we, mm -hmm. when we formed the band, like that was, you know, there was no doubt that like kind of everything was, was open on the table, you know, and then Sav and I, like a lot of our first things that bonded us were, um, you know, like picking up indie bands and doing like weird covers of songs that no one knew, you know, or weird covers of uh, like, like twists on songs people actually knew. Like that band Halen song we were talking yes, about earlier. That kind of stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So I think that is one of the one of the passions that brought us all together was like we just like, you know, doing weird music stuff. Yeah. Excellent. So a lot of artists have fan clubs, but you guys have a fam club, your Patreon community, but you make feel like a family. And it has some pretty interesting rewards too, even at the goats and cheese level, which I, I love the level names, Thank you. Um, with the Bucket Seat Chronicles podcast and the monthly nerd out sessions. So what has been your favorite thing about building this community that helps you create while giving back to the fans? Well, I want to clarify too, like there's lots of different things that happen with the patreon we have a book club and we have a throwback album review thing where basically patrons pick both the book and the album review and like they take like an album from like 60s 70s era and we all go listen and then we come back and talk about it once a month uh we also do like a weekly tour blog and we we write we've had nerd out sessions in the past where we have somebody else come in and talk about their craft um all kinds of stuff we've done a lot of different stuff with the patreon it's mostly like experimentation with what people want to hear about the behind the scenes of what we do. Um, but it also is like a total community at this point. Like all the patrons tend to know each other and mm. will like go to concerts together that I, they're not even our concerts. Like they'll go watch the Jayhawks <laughs> together. Like if they're all in the Wisconsin area, <laughs> they like meet up and hang out. And we just think that's super cool because that's what music is all about is finding communities. So 
yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty cool it is yeah and i mean we we dove deep into it during um lockdown as well because we had we were doing everything on zoom on our computers all the time from Sav's attic and so <laughs> it, it was a way kind of for us to keep um i don't know we're all kind of workaholics and so i think it was a good way to keep accountable by doing creative things so for instance I could read a book for the book club and like not feel guilty for reading a book. I'm like, this is productive or like, Sav um, became like uh, she learned a lot about Dungeons and Dragons. Thank and you. so I played my yes. first, um, some of my first D and D games were with our patrons on zoom um, with awesome. Sav leading. So, you know, it was kind of like just a cool way to, to do stuff, but also tie it into like our business too. Well, I want to say Excellent. too, like, Patreon is like directly responsible for helping us launch the live streaming because we were figuring out how to live stream before COVID happened so we could live stream to our patrons. And so by the time COVID hit, like we already had kind of a general idea of how to do it, uh, which then I really did a hyperfixation on, but we don't have to get into that right now. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I, I love the getting into D&D &D and having it be because of your fans. We did something similar with the podcast. Tim had never played an RPG before, ever. What? So we actually, we do a monthly Star Wars RPG oh, that's on so our cool. live show. That's yeah, the really second, cool. The second Monday of every month at 6.30 Eastern time, we have a, uh, it's usually about two to two and a half hour session. Uh, normally our live shows every Monday night, we, we have a one hour session where we get on and we talk about something in pop culture, what's going on, something nerdy, whatever. Uh, but those nights we start half hour early and we play for about two, two and a half hours. And so far, uh, Nick's character, who's a Gungan uh, in Star Wars lore, has not gotten us killed somehow. We don't know how, but he hasn't. Wow. Somehow he saved our butts multiple times. That's, That's yeah, I was trying to avoid talking about that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't want to give I, the Gungans really feel, too much credit. I really feel, too, like tabletop games really bring you together like as as friends as fans like that is a good yeah. way to connect with people and we were doing like um like a couple of these patreon uh D, D sessions were like i mean we knew a lot of people from communicating with them you know they've been fans or you know we may have not met them online but they didn't always know each other so we had like <laughs> one session where it was like us and like um this man who lives in germany and like this uh maybe like 13 year old girl and her dad and you know it's like all ages awesome. like all different identities and everyone was just like best friends by the end it was so cool. cool yeah mm -hmm. really fun we gotta That's do it it's like a whole game i think sav did you write that game so i had help was... uh okay. my friend yeah. naomi like wrote 99 percent of that because i was having a really hard time writing about my own songs without cringing so uh <laughs> like trying to turn that into a plot i was like oh this is the worst but no she she really made that happen and then i like put the actual mechanics into it uh but i would totally do it again because it was super fun and you're right like it really does create just like a, a little community it's you, you know once you like get over yourself and like just really get into it it's it's really fun exactly so music education is very important to you guys uh music is math it is history it's also language and it's pretty much the sum of human experience so i know the answer to this is on your website but what can you tell us about your interactive workshops and what like what do they entail what benefits have you seen your students experience it's pretty much whatever you need us to do um it changes all the time our first goal is pretty much when we get approached about doing a workshop we'll ask what are your goals for your students 
like what are they struggling with? What do you want us to come in and introduce? Because there's a lot of facets that come with, you know, music. Like you can either talk about jobs in music or you can talk about how to express your feelings if you're feeling like you can't open up. Uh, you can do that through songwriting or through, you know, musical expression. Uh, we do improv workshops where you just have to like, you know, if your orchestra is having a hard time getting off the page, uh, so to speak, like hard time playing music outside of what's written, then we teach improv workshops on how to just slowly get into doing that. There's all kinds of workshops that we do. Uh, yeah, we started doing um, songwriting workshops. We're actually going to go out to Oregon um, in October and do some teaching for the Sisters Songwriting Academy. And all ages, we have like one uh, technique that's my favorite where um, we always write really cool songs when we uh, do inspiration from books. So we'll usually show up with like a, uh, a bunch of random books and we we try to make them really random. We always like hand out one sort of cookbook. Uh, one the was RV like an, cookbook. Yeah, one was an RV mm -hmm. cookbook. That, that got one, some really good That lines. has so many good song titles in it. Like Stone Cold Oven Cookies, I still remember that one. That's going on the uh, the table album. Yes. For like <laughs> so many good titles in that thing. Yeah, so the, the book inspiration ones are really... We pretty much like have them pick a sentence out of the books and then we paraphrase it and create song verses or song choruses out of it. And that's they always, they always end up like cool and really fun. So. All right, cool. And now a word from our sponsor. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. Welcome back to the FSF Popcast. All right, so uh, you guys are on the road quite often, and we, my family, we do a lot of road traveling and things, and we have come to learn, and I'm sure that you guys have come to learn, that on any road trip, food is a necessity, and good food, fun food, is an absolute necessity. So having been on tour quite a bit, you've probably learned what kind of things you like, what kind of things you don't like, which things are safe, what things are going to leave you in the back of the tour bus, unfortunately doubled over, uh, and other things along those lines. <laughs> but what have been some of your favorite or more interesting culinary discoveries while traveling? Latiquira in Madison, Wisconsin. In Madison, Wisconsin. Yes, absolutely. We route tours through this place. Like when we have to go to like the West Coast or Minnesota or anything like that, or anywhere, like we just cut through Madison because we know about this restaurant. Uh, it's called Latiquira. They give you so much food. It's so good. Like um, a giant plate of rice and beans and plantains oh, and pork. And like a Cuban like corn cake too. They yeah. give you, oh. And then like horchata and like passion fruit juice and. The portions are huge. The prices are low. They have great fruit juices. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I like how Sav's trying not to eat her hand as she's talking about this. Like fantastic. Okay, <laughs> man. I just like, think, I can't think about this place like when we're not going to go near it anytime soon because it hurts too bad. But uh, how, do, how do I spell? What was that? Guara. La Taguara? T-A-G-U-A-R-A? Wow. Yeah. 
Nick's planning a road trip now. Um, that's a really good spot. Um, but like as, as far as like specific food items, I think we all like agree on some core staples like Thai and Mediterranean mm -hmm. um, that yes. tend to be like the things that we will definitely all agree on. Um, we always Mediterranean. Yeah. Oh, go no, go ahead. I'm going on a tangent. Uh, I was just going to say, like, Mediterranean is always a safe bet on the road because, um, especially if you're traveling with people who have, like, different kinds of dietary restrictions mm -hmm. and things like that, like, there's mm -hmm. usually something for everybody at, like, a Mediterranean yeah. place. Well, yeah, also, absolutely. I think we'd be remiss to not talk about Zingerman's in Ann Arbor because we've oh, been yeah. there twice in one week, <laughs> or twice in two weeks, rather. Um, yeah, that place rocks. Uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Zingerman's, they have like all kinds of deli sandwiches. It's a little on the pricey side, but like it's worth it to it is worth so it. Good. Yeah, to it go. Two meals. Yeah, mm -hmm. just save yeah. your sandwich and eat it tomorrow. I've, Boom. Because they're I've that been big. There. It's, it's worth it. They're so good. Mm -hmm. We've had, uh, okay, this isn't like a restaurant, but like Moomer's Ice Cream in Traverse City. I feel like we needed to talk about it mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. Uh, the first being that we actually had an ice cream flavor briefly with Moomer's. Uh, called Michigan and again, and it had blueberries and cherries, and it was so good. Um, um, I miss it. It's really good. Frankly, Moomers, this is me yeah. calling out to you, begging, pleading on my knees, asking you to bring it back. Um, yeah, we, we need a reissue for real. What did you say? We had um, Accidentals Kombucha from Cultured Ferments in Travis. Yeah. State. All right. Katie, you had a, a food Instagram as well, yes. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Katie that eats that food. My my mom was like, Katie, you should really like make a food blog. And I was like, okay, well, I'll come up with a lazy name. And yeah, I post tons of food pictures there. And recently, like my Facebook page and my personal Instagram like got hacked and deleted. So now I just go off of Katie Eats Food, which is kind of like my main personality trait anyway. So yeah yeah lots of good food. I, get that. I also like posting really bad food there too like sometimes we make bad decisions in the middle of the night uh, we've learned a lot of uh we've, we've learned like what taco bell drive-thrus we can't fit the trailer oh. through and okay like, yeah. but katie also is like katie's the most adventurous food eater because she'll see like pickle in a bag at the gas station be like sign me up or like what about <laughs> pickle snow cone oh the pickle snow cone or the um the peanuts the boiled peanuts that happen down here in the south too oh no don't that forget the uh, pizza flavored cheese curds that one time God. God. okay, okay. So I, I would have taken only, a run at those. My least favorite. <laughs> Thank you. My only thing that I don't, that bothers me about Katie Larson, okay? It's that she <laughs> eats spaghetti in the morning. It physically revolts me to my core. I get okay. so nauseous every time I see her. No, I'll, I'll like back Katie times. on that one. No, I'll back Katie so on that one. Is it, is it fresh cooked spaghetti or is no, it like, like leftovers? Is it still so, cold or do you Is it cold or, or She's reheated? She's eating it cold. I've watched her eat it cold. Oh yeah, that's unacceptable. It's you gotta put that much. stuff in a microwave. It's a lot. Look, as long as you're not, you know, cracking open a can of spaghettios and going at it, I don't care. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm not that crazy. No, I know people who would like, you know, they wouldn't even heat it up. They would just open the can of spaghettios and, and like start drinking it like juice. Oh that's chaotic. I can't okay, handle that. Level chaotic evil. Yeah, I think you're. I think they're all in prison now, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> totally not related. To Katie's point, if you can eat pasta in the morning that is cold, that means the pasta is still good. Like it was good warm, but if it's still good cold, you got some good pasta on your hands. True. Yeah. If the consistency is still good, 
See, I just, I'm not a breakfast person. I would rather just skip it and go straight to have two lunches. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> She's actually. What about second it. breakfast? We try to cook. Yeah, exactly. But also, we cook sometimes on the road. Like the Vessel album release tour, we stayed at a lot of Airbnbs. And so we would, you know, we'd have like family dinner and, and cook a bunch of food in the Airbnb kitchen. And then, like, you leave at like 10 a.m. the next morning. What are you going to do with all that leftover spaghetti? You got to quickly eat it and then go on the road. And it is impossible to make a three-person spaghetti dinner. It's a yeah. sacrifice that you're True. making on our behalf. Got it. <laughs> she's so she's you... eating it for you, Seth. She's eating it for you. Yeah, exactly. Because she cares. She it's cares exactly. about you so much. She's eating it for you. Things I do for this man. Sacrifices I make. Mm. If you make it to the Huron side of, like, of, Michigan again. Michigan again. And again. And again. And again. <laughs> it happens all the time. If you guys make it to Pinconi, you have to try pizza loaf, though. Pizza loaf. I'm in. Pizza loaf. You, you honestly don't need to say anything else. That's right. I'm naming pizza my loaf next cat. Speaks for itself. I'm going to name him pizza loaf. And it's funny, is when I moved over here and my husband's like, oh, we're going to go. Friends of, a friend of ours wants to go get pizza loaf. And I'm like, what? Isn't that just it a calzone? Is, but it's like different because it's it's bread shaped instead of calzone shaped mm. but it's mm. really really good it's in my and list of cat names now yes it's a great cat name it's a great cat name oh man it reminds me of the 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 pizza pasties we get, we did one whole upper peninsula michigan tour where we ate a pasty every single day yes. we were committed for like six or seven straight days and they just I, got better quality as we made our way. Yeah, and that was the work. best thing was like, oh my gosh, I was like, am I going to get sick of these? But the further we went into the Upper Peninsula, the better they just kept getting. Right. You mm. know, and so I was like, I could do this for another week. Which know, is hilarious like, because the, the ones in St. Ignace are fantastic. Yeah. The further you go, they're just going oh, to. You just have to, you just have to make sure you don't make the mistake of asking for a pasty. That's something different. <laughs> yeah. And they don't, yeah. that, that was, that was an uncomfortable conversation. Is that a personal story, Tim? <laughs> so anyway, story don't you have time. another question? <laughs> we go down the food, I, food row too far, since I also think there's spaghetti cooking in the other room here. I smell pasta. Anyway, so I, I grew up in a somewhat musical family. My grandma was an opera singer. My parents met doing stage theater. And now I have a soon-to-be four-year-old who has her own ukulele, a toddler-sized drum set. Like, it's a it's a real drum set, but it's small. Think animal um, from the Muppets. Oh, gosh. It's accurate. Very, it's very, accurate. <laughs> very much so. A kazoo, an accordion, maracas. What else she can talk her dad into buying for her, which anytime he can go to the local guitar, guitar store, he's going to. So being a female-fronted, multi-instrumental band, what encouragement do you have for the girls going into music, which can sometimes be a rather male-dominated industry? That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we think about it all, all that much because like so much of our workshops are kind of across the board like every kid, you know, but, um, but I think if we were to centralize our advice around young girls specifically, it would just be like, change the story. Cause that's what we've been doing for the past, you know, however, like 10 years of being a band, we just, we know our craft. Uh, I have, you know, experience from school. It's like an audio engineer and experience now as an audio engineer and like I know where to plug all my cables in um and then you know when we go into a venue and we do just receive like 
you know, some discrimination, like most of the time we just put our heads down, finish our job. And by the time sound checks over, the perspective has changed or the story is different or someone walks out with a different feeling or some, sometimes there's even an apology. So like, you know, that's how you change it. You don't, you know, uh, it's something that you just have to just work through and just prove that you're just as competent, like, and you don't need to prove it to anyone else except for yourself, I guess. So change the story and only do it for you. Yeah, I agree. Like, I wish someone had told me, which I, we kind of figured out eventually, but I wish someone had to just, like, let me know, hey, like, whatever you want to do for your personality, like, it exists out there. Like, whether you're mm. super outgoing, whether you don't want to be in the spotlight, whether you like performing or writing or the tech side or studio work, or you like being around mm -hmm. people, or you like being alone, like, you don't have to check off a certain list of boxes to make it in the music industry like you know there's there's a, a place for you um you know just based around who you already are yeah awesome i love that that's a fantastic a answer now. honestly i legitimately like feel warm and fuzzy that was that's yeah. great thanks that's that's good it's an answer I, I will also play for my daughter my daughter's 15 oh. and so uh we're always we're always looking at ways to make sure that she's and, and something we've, we've discussed in many interviews before Kathleen as well, where, you know, we want her daughter to grow up knowing that she can be, she doesn't have to be the, the princess locked in the tower waiting for somebody to come save her, that she can be the hero of her own story. And that's the same thing we try to teach my daughter as well. My wife and I, that she can be the, you know, she is the hero of her own story. And if she wants to do this, then the only thing that's stopping her from doing this is her. Yeah, like, I, you know, look at, like, some of the most mainstream artists right now. You have, like, Taylor Swift is dominating the pop charts. You have Brandi Carlisle, who's, like, you know, an openly queer country, like, rock star. Mm -hmm. um, and you have, you know, like, Allison Russell blowing up on the scene. You have, like, bands like Sister Strings who are, like, playing all this amazing, like, they're accompanying on strings, like, all these amazing people. Like, there's tons of like and phoebe bridgers and lucy Decus and like julian baker like all these people are like like you're proving that that's successful which was you know we watched brandy carlisle do a panel at americana fest at one point and that's what she was saying is basically you know there is exactly it's there's something for you no matter who you are and you just have to prove that that's successful which you know if it's genuine music and like you you're doing exactly what music is all about which is tearing down walls and creating communities like yeah that's that's successful. That's cool. So we all exist outside of our day jobs. Uh, even if our day job is being really awesome musicians who get to do what they love on a daily basis, or we do this podcast because we love talking to people and learning more about them. So when you aren't being the accidentals, what projects or activities or even like genres of shows that you like to enjoy, like, what is what keeps you being you oh man we we already checked off a lot of things food <laughs> food books D&D books <laughs> um but yeah like you know i don't know i always i've kind of grown up like before i was a musician i thought i would be into um the film industry because i love tv series mm -hmm. and movies and especially like documentaries um so i'm like always in the back seat, like on Netflix or something, you know, that's my, <laughs> that's my like relaxation time or knitting or selling. Nice. 
I, uh, I'm, as I said, you know, I'm a biology student now and I've always been like when I was a kid, I definitely thought I was going to be like a field researcher at one point. Um, and like super fascinated by like animal behavior and like neuropathy and stuff. So, um, you know, a lot of times I'll just be like reading books on that or, um, collecting animal bones, collecting animal bones, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I now know how to bleach those. Uh, and my Amazon shopping list looks like the shopping list of a serial killer. So sorry <laughs> for whatever government watch list I'm on now. Uh, whoops. Uh, but yeah, you know, like, and outside of that, we all have like different hobbies that we do, but we do read a lot of books, uh, which is really cool. And, you know, Michael, what about you? Well, I mean, pretty. I think pretty much anything that I do outside of the band is still kind of like music involved. Like I've I've started a little recording studio in Grand Rapids, and I've been working on a bunch of different projects. Like I've got a a, a sea shanty project with my buddy Ben. Uh, we put out an album of that stuff last year, hoping to do another mm -hmm. one. And you know, just just getting my hands into a lot of different things. Like I'm really in love with recording and mixing and being able to like make sound do whatever I wanted to do and just like <laughs> get, it, get into the weeds of like the weird stuff. And like, I don't know, I, I love it so much. And I kind of realized that it's like something I always want to be a part of my life. So I just, any, any free time I have, you'll see me with like headphones on at one in the morning, watching like YouTube tutorials of like how to use a specific plugin or, you know, how to EQ something in a weird, you know, in a way to sound like a seventies drum sound or something like that. So that's, that's where my brain is almost like all of the time. Michael's um, getting a t-shirt for Christmas that says make sound do the thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. For real. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, you know, it's, gonna, it's gonna do what it do. So. Yeah, and it, and it do what it be. So exactly, you know, at the end of the day, we can only be how we do. You know, really. As, I think it, I think it was I think it was Kant that said, no, you know, when no. you be how you do. No, he did not. <laughs> it's Kierkegaard, nice. really, who is the. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but no, I, at the end of the day, I'm just a music nerd, like through and through. I love it. And I hate to tell you where you're wrong, but it was Vonnegut. All right. So, it was uh, Vonnegut. <laughs> well, you guys have mentioned, though, before we started the show, that you are pro anything sci fi. So, what is your, where are your sci fi go to's? Oh my God. I took a sci fi class in college. Like, oh, specifically, cool. we read short stories. I love short stories. Um, I just watched Note, by the way, which is a great example of sci fi to me. I loved it. And it was all like animal oriented, too. And I'm not getting any more spoilers. That's it. That's, a, that's all you get. You can tell from the horses in the poster anyway. I don't care. Um, anyway, so like that, um, I recently read like the three body problem, I was which was really great. Oh yeah. Okay. So I just get, finished that. I've read like seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. Uh, there's like tons of examples. I'm blank blanking now, but like, you know, Vonnegut's great. Arthur C. Clarke, uh, just like my if you could see the bookshelf over there it's just rife with sci-fi and then biology books so that's pretty much all i read mike what about you well yeah the three body problem actually like made me cry at yeah. one point like that series is cr like it's like almost hyper realism in how like they talk about how governments would handle like an alien invasion anyway great series um and then i guess it's not sci-fi i was gonna say the name of the wind uh, so like the King Killer Chronicles I started reading and am, you know, waiting with bated breath for the third book in the series that is now 11 years 
uh, on, the, so. on the first day of our sci-fi class, we had a debate on whether or not Star Wars was a fantasy or a sci-fi, and I think it's another, fantasy. No one could reach a proper conclusion. So at this point, like the name of the wind can be whatever you want it to be. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's space fantasy. There you go. Okay. I opera. agree. Space opera. As as <laughs> a as a lifelong diehard Star Wars fan, it's space fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Trying to bring midi yeah. into it was ridiculous. I mean, you can try your best, but you know. Once you shoot the bullet, you can't bring it back. So, thanks, Qui Gon. <laughs> they jumped the shark. Oh yeah, <laughs> excellent. Kate? All right, well those. Yeah, Kate, like, what's no sci-fi? No, only food. Like, for Katie. Only food. <laughs> She's well. like no. But if you could bring me some of those things that they were eating in the sci-fi shows, we'll talk. I wish the pickle snow cones were science fiction. No. Do we have the book for you? <laughs> All right, guys, then uh, if she has no no votes, then we'll move into our next segment of the show. <laughs> you have no rights. You and you're done. All right, so we're at a point in our show where we like to take our guests through a little bit of a quiz. Okay. That's why I said to call it a game. Games? Yeah, it's a game. It's definitely a game. It's four it's questions. Dead. It's four questions. Each question is multiple choice. <laughs> Okay. Now, if you get three of the questions correct, Kathleen is going to hold up this book. It's called The Custodians of the Cosmos. It's a sci-fi themed book. It's written about something quite like Starfleet, but not Starfleet, you know, because we don't want to get anybody sued. Um, it's all about a young man who wanted to join it, washed out, rejoined so that he could boldly clean up after those who had boldly just went. So... However, it is right up Katie's alley since I just opened it. And the no wonder the Lactarians love cheese so much. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I wish I could make this up. <laughs> the the main great. character's name is Kale Butterly. So, <laughs> yeah. There's something for everybody in that book. Wow. There's bathroom humor. There's sci-fi. There's food. It, it, yeah, so, bathroom wait, what happens with the book if we get three of them right? If you get three of them right, I'm going to send you each a copy of the book. Oh. All right, the stakes are high. Okay. However, if there's good things, there has to be bad. If you guys only get two of the questions correct, we take your picture, we make a meme out of you, and we put you into our 205,000 member Facebook group. We call it our fun sequence. <laughs> Bring it on. Ready. Can we also have that? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes. If All right, so the the quiz name is Michigan and again. See what we did there? Oh, God. Oh. All right, so there are four yeah. questions. Uh, we will only accept an answer after you say final answer because there's three of you. So that way, uh, one of you doesn't blurt out the answer and the other two look at the other one with uh, looks of derision. So anyway, Nick, start us off. The official state flower of Michigan is... A. Apple blossom. Apple blossom. It's multiple choice. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, A. Apple blossom. B. <laughs> lilac. Or C. Traffic cone. Oh, I mean, it's three really good options, honestly. <laughs> it's the apple blossom. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with whatever Sam Thomas. says because she's the biology nerd. Okay. Final answer. Hey, final answer. <laughs> Very it's, good. It's the Robin. We would have we would have accepted traffic cone as well. 
Oh my god. Good, good. Oh goodness. Okay, I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. The Mackinac Bridge spans how many miles? A, Ooh. three, B, five, or C, seven? It's not seven. That's way too long. Yikes. Um, Yikes. I want to like say Michael it's three because it, it's not like it incredibly long. It feels longer than three. No. But it doesn't quite feel five, though. That's the thing. It's like five would be like, it only takes you about like five minutes to get across the bridge. So. How about we do if, rock, paper, scissors? Where if okay, I. Okay, so if it's three, five minutes to take across the five. bridge, and you have to go 35 miles an hour mm -hmm. on the bridge. <laughs> I hate math. So. <laughs> I don't know. Why is there I, always a train involved? <laughs> Why does he have so many apples? My gut says three, but I could be wrong. What do you think? I'll I trust you, geography man. Okay. Final answer? Uh yikes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Wrong. It is five. I it. it is five. It, it is, is five. five. It's crazy. Five. <laughs> I love that Sav's so excited about it being wrong. She's like, yes, it's wrong. <laughs> I only, it only matters to me that I'm right. <laughs> Seven's too long. Three's too short. Yeah, this is called the Goldilocks method of hypothesizing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Michigan State motto translated into English means, A, it's not the heat that gets you, it's the humidity. I know this one already. B, yeah. If you seek a pleasant peninsula, look about you. Or C, if you're looking for heaven, it's north of the bridge. <laughs> it's it's B. Pleasant it peninsula. Is, if, you, yeah. if you seek a pleasant peninsula, look about you. Yeah, they teach you that mm -hmm. in like fourth grade. Yep. <laughs> you had a that much better fourth correct. grade school than I did, but yes, that is correct. <laughs> We've already established you only had a fifth grade education, so maybe. <laughs> Well, we I didn't talk that about Kellogg's story. like true origins, so I don't know how right. great it was. But, but yeah, yeah we, we talked about Kellogg. All right, so two correct, one wrong. Right. This decides whether you get the book or the meme. The if you get the book or the book, or and the meme. You, yeah, yeah. Brain. If you if you get one or both. Tim's brain is contagious. You're welcome. Which of the following musical artists is not from Michigan? A, Stevie Wonder, B, Uncle Cracker, or C, John Legend? This is bad. <laughs> this is I not mean, good. Okay, so I know that Uncle Cracker is, like, Michigan-based because I used to know his drummer at one point. Yeah, Uncle Cracker is wow. definitely Michigan. Yeah, but I don't know if he's from... That's the key, that's the key here, is is he from I Michigan? I don't think they're trying John to do a Legend trick question from... here. I think they want to hold out of those books. Um, <laughs> no, I, mm. The John Legend is from. I feel well, like that's familiar is, to me too. Wait, what is the is the question? Which one is from Michigan? No, it's or which, which one's, one's not. Which from. one's not? And you know what? I'll say this: I've never heard anybody like name John Legend as being like a Michigan artist. Like that's never come Have up. Have you and heard I anybody like... say Stevie Wonder? Uh, yeah, he's Motown dude. He oh, was right, like okay. Detroit originally. Like yeah, doing okay, all the yeah, stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, so. But also is well, no. But he's definitely he was Motown, so I feel like Stevie's safe. But like John Legend, I feel like I've never heard him I come like up in a box of Michigan musicians and things. I'm worried. I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah, okay. on this. 
Yeah, I'm actually stressed. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, so we're saying that John Legend is not from Michigan. Is that what we're doing? That's what my gut's telling me, but my gut also told me that the Mackinac Bridge was two miles shorter than it is. Um, but, like, I feel like the other two are pretty ubiquitous in terms of, like, Michigan notoriety, and I feel like John Legend isn't. I mean, you did say it is not seven miles, and it is two miles less than that. That is true. I get, like, half <laughs> points. I get half points for that. Oh, yikes. <laughs> And we'll give you quarter points for ubiquitous. Wow, <laughs> thank <yeah>. you. Seventy-five <laughs> percent. Um, okay. Yeah, I said John Legend. Okay. And as much as I wanted it to be that Uncle Cracker wasn't from Michigan, it is John Legend. Yeah. So. All right. Uncle Cracker was born in Mount Clemens. Okay. Unfortunately. Evie Wonder was born in Saginaw. John Legend was born in Springfield, Ohio. Ooh, really? So near <clears throat> the state to the oh. south. Oh. Okay. Wow. <laughs> has to be brought up once again. per podcast. Yeah. <sighs> there always has to be Ohio trash. It's just what we do. It's it's it comes up more often than once typically. Especially All right. So we have podcast guests who are from Ohio. We have a buddy who's mm. from Columbus, and it's brought up often. <laughs> so, uh, all right, guys. So we have three correct answers. That gets you yeah. each a book. And we're going to take one of your promo pictures and we're going to turn it into a meme. Oh, good. You're still going to meme. We're still going to get you a meme, okay? I appreciate it. Well, Sav, Katie, and Michael, thank you so much for being on our show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you guys, The Accidentals, and your work? Uh, so you can go to theaccidentalsmusic.com and you'll find it all of the other links and everything our tour dates our bio everything that you want to possibly know about us at that link theaccidentalsmusic.com uh, you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash theaccidentals uh, which is a great place to get to know us and we post like every day <laughs> and there's always something for everybody so uh yeah check it out well, we're, we're on all the here. all the streamings and we're on Bandcamp. thank you and yes we got... we are. Oh, that thing. There's there's yeah. a secret song on Bandcamp. I think we Ooh. still have that Welcome Back song is up on Oh, yeah. Bandcamp. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I know where else I'll that... be going after we're done. Here. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely link all of those in the video description so that our listeners can find you guys. Exactly. And so we just want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help us continue to grow. Get amazing guests like the Accidentals here to come onto the show share some laughs, have some good moments for you to be able to listen to. And so please subscribe. It helps us out more than we can ever really describe. And please be sure to go check out their work and go to their Patreon, be a, subscri a subscriber there. You get some really cool benefits. I mean, the, the goats and cheese thing, I think it's called, um, I'm pretty sure I screwed that up, but it sounds amazing. And I'll be checking that out more later. <laughs> now that is uh, what it's called. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, Hey, got to get one out of three correct today, but <laughs> If for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today, please do feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is the Michigan Department of the Road Commission. We picked them as the head of our complaint department because they don't care about your complaints. And they will most likely ignore any serious issues and just cover up the minor offenses with asphalt instead of paving it over and making it new. Not to mention the weak standing on the sideline making it look like road construction when the problem isn't really being cared for. So just send one copy of your complaint because even if they see it, 
will have literal weeks to a month to correct whatever the problem was before they attempt to fix it. You know, band-aids on boo-boos. Thanks again, guys. Thank you for being here. I think thank you. Yeah, thank you. Go to the hospital with their parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Just got amazing. As somebody who is living in an M dot insanity right now, like mm, that yeah. gets too close to home. Well, so, yeah, I bet. I'm sorry, y'all, but thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you, guys. This was great. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. All right, yeah. guys, that's going to conclude us for the FSF podcast. Goodbye. Bye bye. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF Popcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSFPopcast or go to www.fsfpopcast.com and click on the contact me link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.